went to work. Yeah, me too. I went to work after. It was not a good idea. No, I was like, why am I here the whole time? Like, I gotta go. I was in a baby shower, just like disgusting. I wanna go to sleep. How are you today? I'm good, Caitlin. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, today we are going to be talking about I Heart New Jersey. Woo! How do you feel about New Jersey? I have never been uh, for longer than just drive through or, as they say, flying out of Newark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did go to the University of Rhode Island, which was overrun with people from New Jersey. I, I was hoping that would come up. It, it's, it was basically New Jersey University, but the Rhode Island campus. Um, so Truer words have never been spoken. You know, so it definitely got a reputation that sort of leached into my skin of, oh, New Jersey's terrible. But I've never, I can't say that I hate it because I've never spent any time there. I think... I stopped for gas there once off the highway. I know you can't pump your own gas. Mm-hmm. Which is and there nice. was there was a smell. It was like a bad smell, but it was like the part of New Jersey that's near Yeah, that's the city. northern New Jersey. There was probably like a dump nearby. I can't fault them for that. And one of my very good friends, Sam, is from New Jersey and I love her. So Oh, and my friend Daisy's from New Jersey. So the fact that I got like defensive about New Jersey, I'm sure then you can probably guess how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't hate it at all. Um, yeah. My roommate, Bree, and my other best friends from URI, they're That's right. both from New Jersey, both from That's a similar right. part like central New Jersey, <clears throat> the shore. Right. But they were so adamant that, like, people know that, like, Jersey Shore is not what people who live at the shore are like. Those are bennies, mm, and they are right. trash, and they hate them. Right. But if you're right. a local, like, that's not... It's very different. So different. And... The places where my friends grew up are just absolutely gorgeous. So yeah. beautiful. Um, so yeah, Good. there are parts of New Jersey that I like and things about New Jersey I like, like pork rolls. Ooh, I've never mm. had one. Uh, but I did have, I had a best friend in college, Sarah, who actually listens to this show. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Maybe she still listens, but she always talked about pork rolls. Um, but I've never actually had one. So good. Yeah. So um, good. Well, so far on the show, New Jersey has a pretty bad rap, right? Yeah. So I can't wait to see how that changes mm-hmm. over the course of this episode. But I mean, you and I are from a state that everybody hates, everybody but nobody, hates. you know what I mean? But nobody puts it on their list maybe, but no one hates driving through any state more than they hate driving through Connecticut, I think. Yep. From what we hear, at least in the Northeast, people fucking hate it. Yep. It's long. It's boring. It's it's always it's between New York and everything, so it's just everyone everyone hates it. There was just recently, like last month, it was a map of the state each state's resident hates the most. Did you see that at all? No. New York, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut, um, and I think that's Delaware. Yeah, all hate New Jersey. Wow. And New Jersey is the only state that is colored blue and white stripes, and that is hates everyone. <laughs> Hang on. There's a term for that. Hang on. Okay. So I've thought of this recently, or I've thought about this recently because of the election and everything going on, mm-hmm. and the fact that it seems like 
people are arguing with each other, including myself, whose policies are very similar, right? Like it's people, it's not, it's not like people are arguing between Democrat and Republican because it's the primary. It's like, yeah, in some cases, paper thin. So I, someone posted on Twitter about some, uh, I guess it's like a philosophy called the narcissism of small differences. Mm. And it's it's this theory about how smaller like communities that touch each other tend to hate each other more than they might hate people, you know, in across the country. So like rivalries like town to town yeah. and things like that. So uh-huh. it makes sense it makes sense that uh-huh. all of those uh-huh. all of those um states around New Jersey hate New Jersey. Hate New Jersey because narcissism of small differences. Huh. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Made me feel better knowing that that was like a sociological thing that somebody has studied because it's driving me nuts. What's I love that. Right? Let me see if there's like a quick definition of it. Do you know what state Massachusetts hates? Let me guess. I would say New York. Yes. But is that right? Yeah, it's the only state hey, that hates New York. Hey. Well, this, of course, because it's fucking Sox and Yankees, I'm yeah. sure. But Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island all hate Massachusetts. Mass holes, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. See, I thought Connecticut could be New Jersey or Massachusetts, mm, but yeah. I think. We're so close to, like, there's a lot of people down in that New York yeah. section. Yeah. And they like to consider themselves New Yorkers. Right, exactly. But they're not. They're not. It's not pretty much New York. Greenwich is not pretty much New York. <laughs> it's... Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tater skins. Um, fucking tater skins. So the narcissism <laughs> of small differences is a thesis that communities with adjoining territories and close relationships are especially likely to engage in feuds and mutual ridicule because of hypersensitivity to details of differ- differentiation. So it's like they want to be different. Mm-hmm. So they are more vitriolic about pointing out each other's flaws. Love it. Interesting, right? Fascinating. Just a little... Uh, philosophy lesson here on hey beautiful guys we're we're just so diverse um before we get into today's episode we i gotta shout out the fact that we now have over 30 patrons on patreon crazy right i love Uh, it so much thank you everybody um coming soon is the january patreon perks which i still haven't done but they're coming um including chris turner's recipe for hamburgers AKA the best burger in Connecticut. So you're going to want to join so you can get that recipe and start grilling this month because at the Turner household, they grill all winter long. I sent Kate some pictures recently with a temperature stamp so she could see that it was 28 degrees the other night while we were grilling. And those will be shared out once this is written up. So I have a whole recipe to write. Um, on top of that, uh, Caitlin and I need to pick our February live stream date. For sure. Okay, so the next uh, Patreon live stream date will be on February 25th, 7 p.m. per usual. We will eventually try to do one on the weekend or at a different time mm-hmm. because we are getting more international woo-hoo, friends. Woo-hoo. Um, but going forward, all of the live streams will be saved On our private Instagram Mm -hmm. where you guys can check them out. If you want to join our private Instagram where we do our Patreon live streams, it only costs you $2 a month. 
And you definitely should because it's way more fun now that we figure out a format that works. Awesome. It's so fun. And have more people to interact with us. Yeah. Last time was really great. January's was awesome. I revealed a fun little secret about my trip to Florida, among other things. So, and Chris was on. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. $2 and up gets you a live stream every month with us, gets you access to all of our past live streams. Also, you get all kinds of other stuff. So I think you should sign up. It's only $2. That's it. You're welcome to you're welcome to donate more if you can, but this year we are going on a sliding scale and we are making content for everybody no matter what you can afford. So thank you everybody that's already that's already donating. Yes, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, and last but not least, we have our first guest of the of the season next uh, next time. So we will have on a filmmaker named Jessica Ellis, um, who's joining us for intervention. We are friends on Twitter and have um, I don't know how we found each other, but we did. And um, last year at some point she saw me retweet something about the podcast and she was like, Oh my God, you run a how I met your mother podcast. I want to come on. This was not even me like soliciting somebody. She, she really, really wanted to come on. So I'm so excited that it is going to work out. I'm interviewing her this week, I think Thursday night. So it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. She has a new feature film out that we're going to talk about in addition to talking about how I met your mother. So Stay tuned for that next time. But first, let's talk about iHeart NJ. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Russell, Tish, Johnny, and Seth. Thanks to all of our patrons for their support of the show. Our Patreon works on a sliding scale. You give what you can each month, and you'll receive all the perks that we offer, including monthly private live streams and premium theme press. Join for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. This is season four, episode three, I Heart New Jersey. It first aired on October 6th in 2008 and was written by Greg Malins. Uh, We remember him from Swarly and Something Borrowed. We will see him one more time in episode 21 at the very end of this season with the three-day rule. So Lovely. Interesting. He did a lot for Friends because I recently mm-hmm. rewatched a bunch of Friends and I saw, um, I saw his name a lot. Is he the one that tries to get his friend's name into every episode? I believe that Roland was him. Chang, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was watching that episode. I was like, oh my god, it's great. Oh you watched that episode? What? The one of Friends? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so and this episode was directed by Pam Freiman. Woohoo! And so when I was watching this episode, Kate, I realized, not realized, but I was like, oh, like, I've come so far. I felt like, Kate, you would say, like, this is one of those episodes that just, like, moves the plot along. Like, you had to get from here to there, and this was the fastest way to do it, because it was just kind of like a weird episode. Yeah, yep. Because I felt really proud of myself for thinking a little bit deeper. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, I wrote momentum and underlined it twice at the end of this. Oh, are you still doing analog? I am doing analog, and I'm really enjoying it. Hmm. I'm actually using the notebooks I buy, so it's great. Nice. I love an empty notebook, though. Right? Oh, so nice. (laughs) All right, so it's fall 2008, and Ted and Stella have been together for six months? I was trying to figure out, but I have no idea. 
Not it's long. early October, and they're semi-long distance relationship is starting to catch up with Ted and he feels the strain between balancing his life with Stella and his friends because you know Stella is in New Jersey and Mm -hmm. his friends as we know are in the greatest city in the world New York and I felt like this was kind of like this feels like telling to me the fact that he feels like this strain between still wanting to live this single life yeah with his buddies Mm -hmm. but then also having to travel to the suburbs. Right. And it's, I mean, the, the journey is like a, a physical representation of what he's feeling internally. Right. Cause I mean, even if Stella was living down the block, he would probably mm-hmm. still be feeling this pull into right. domestic life. And then his friends kind of pulling in the other direction, I think, but it was yeah. a great, it was a great way to show it just how right. far apart Literally and figuratively, he and his his he and his friends are from Stella and her mm-hmm. family. Exactly, and so he spends all of his time on the train, missing with everything Ma- with Matisse. Know. Oh, love Matisse. Love Matisse. Matisse is our favorite roller skating subway friend. Yeah. Um, you know, not as <clears> only <throat> missing out on fun things with his friends, like when Barney tries to pick up a lesbian, but also he's missing date nights with Stella, who we see fall. I was falling asleep on the couch with one empty glass of wine. I would have drunk, drank both. <laughs> well, she was like waiting for him. I guess. <laughs> um, let's talk about Barney's horrible lesbian outfit. He was not picking up anyone in that shit. No. And why did his voice get deeper as, I don't know. Like, as a I lesbian? I need your lipstick. It's like. Thanks, Ted. He's so stupid. Mm-hmm. He'd have better luck picking up a girl, a lesbian, just as as Barney. As Barney, yeah. That, whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> yep. Oh, um, we also see uh, Ted mess out on you know a family dinner with Stella and Lucy and mm-hmm. Robin getting her national anchor job. Yeah, she totally got that. Mm-hmm. She totally <laughs> got it. God, do you like a little happy dance? Yep. <laughs> Um, so Ted finally brings this up to Stella and she's like, you know what? Why don't we just invite everyone over to our house? Oh, that is rich. That is rich. (laughs) Um, and Ted is somehow shocked that his friends don't want to go to New Jersey because nobody is excited about this idea. Right. And they all point out that. New Jersey sucks, but they don't even have to tell Ted New Jersey sucks because nobody hates New Jersey more than Ted. He even refers to defecating as taking a New Jersey. <laughs> right. So, and he Dude. even has a shirt that says, I hate New Jersey. I know. Like, it wasn't enough to have it X'd out on the front. Yeah, he had it's it, like, very obvious on the back. And he's, like, so pleased. Um but you know what? Just because it's not his favorite place, once um, Stella and Ted get married and they move in with him, he never has to go back there. Which he's so fucking stupid because her whole family's there. It's <sighs> you're never gonna have to go back to New Jersey. He's very very stupid. Um, yeah. So two things about these little flashbacks. First of all, opportunity missed because. They don't flash back to we're not from here when Ted has the rant about the tater skins girls. Because I'll do a lot of things to get laid, but I won't go to New Jersey. Like, you're still on mute, by the way. 
Um, and, oh, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. And then the other thing is Ted's from Ohio. Like, why does why does he hate New Jersey so much? What is it? The leg store called? They're... Oh, yeah. The, you that? don't have a leg to stand on? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. I mean, I guess it's just infected him the way it infected me on the campus of, of URI, but... Well, he, like, also so wants to be a New Yorker. Right, right. All, like, it's so the bad. greatest city in the world. Like, it's... Yeah, wants right. it so bad. Right. So, speaking of Robin getting that national anchor job, we flash back to her being sick of the job, um, and it shows, shows all the reasons she does, which we already kind of know. The bad production values, the bad stories, the, the horrible puns. Shocking derails, which I love. Joel, people died. <laughs> and he's just like, I know, so good, right? So like, good, he's just like, right? yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, but then we find out she gets this anchor job and she gives this speech about being a caterpillar at Metro News One, but now she's turned into a butterfly. And so this is the second time a butterfly metaphor has been used on the show. The first time, of course, was with the tramp stamp. And yeah, Stella. What was Stella? Well, because he had the tramp stamp. Like, it's all... Oh, yeah. So it is... Yeah, it is. Good good catch. It is all related. Um, and so she's like giving... It's a stretch to say it's related, but go ahead. No, but I mean, it's, it's like... Time. It's all there. So, um, the you know, this three-eyed butterfly, right? One eye on the future. <laughs> or one, on the, one eye on the horizon, one eye on the truth, and one eye on all of you. And we find out that, of course, Ted wrote that. Because no one can believe Robin would say such shit. It's um, so bad. Right. So that happens. And then we are all on the train to New Jersey. And then they find out that there's no sitter. So they're not even going out in New Jersey. They're going to just be staying in a house. And these people, I don't know the last time they've been in a house. No. They all seem just so out of place in in Stella's environment. The the set design people, they just did a very good job of of making a house and then the costuming people. It just all felt mm-hmm. like they do not belong in this space. Um Marshall snaps and says it's pathetic and that they should be out drinking at a bar. Um Barney is still pining after the lesbian, which he didn't pick up, I'm glad, mm-hmm. because God knows who would sleep with that uh no snakes on that plane (laughs) i love love marshall um lily has the train schedule out she is shameless about it and everyone's being really mean like you can't take one night to go to new jersey and hang out that's how i feel about long island though if you ask me Um, to go to long island for a night i'd be like fuck you no fucking way (laughs) And if I was, that's exactly how I would be. I would, I would know the train schedule or the ferry schedule. The to ferry, get the, out ferry. Of the, yeah. ferry. the ferry, the ferry, the ferry, the ferry. Yeah, that's true. It's a place where dream go, dreams go oh. to die. Um, yeah, so everyone's being horrible and Stella has heard all of it. So she's very, she's still trying to like keep the energy up, right? Like she just knows these are fucking I've never New York hated assholes Stella more than I have in this episode. Really? I yeah. liked her. Oh, I thought she was at her best in this episode. So, if we're going to we're going to fight. Gonna I was fight. like it's rivaling fun. Victoria every what? rewatch, every week rewatch. I feel like her little uh, faces like this. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh. You like maybe faces. we get a dog. 
I can't. I can't. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. So when she's being like genuine and the, yes, the, the little bottom lip bite. Sure. But when she's like snapping on Ted about how much New York sucks. Okay, cool. So maybe we don't need to fight. Um, so they go downstairs where the bar is and still everyone's like, Oh, this fucking sucks. Um, and Ted's still trying to be really optimistic, keep everybody's spirits up. And Barney points out the fishbowl. And this is where it begins. What were you going to say? I, because this is like a part of the, the episode, <clears> like <throat> a, a, an important piece. Ted says a line about we can put Bakos in the fish tank to make them fight. I have Googled that. What happens when you put Bakos in the fish tank? Bacon bits in a fish tank. Can fish eat bacon? What yeah. the fuck happens? Why would you put Bakos in the fish tank and make them fight? Can somebody please help me put me out of my fucking misery? Because I think it's just like fighting for the bacon bits. But it's so like weirdly specific, like Bakos. I'm like, because maybe it sort of looks like fish food. Right. But then they get there and then they don't like them, or maybe they eat the Bakos and they. Explode. Caitlin, I think you're really, I think you're overthinking it. I think I know, you would just I, think like, it was a snack, and that they would all want it. Also, we have um, heard from Liz from the other side of the wall. Oh. From when I was saying, how is it possible that Ted hates New Jersey this much and he's not from there? From New York, she said the same way I hate the Yankees, even though I'm a transplant from Michigan. So <laughs> I guess it's a thing. So Barney, as we've discussed, notices the bake the bacon bits or notices the fishbowl. Or Ted mm-hmm. points it out and then he makes the joke that starts his his storyline of the episode. Yes. Um, that he only likes two kinds of fish, sucker fish and blowfish. This will not be the last fish content we hear on this show. Marshall gets real into some fish material later on. Um, but so he puts his, his fist out to get a bump. And no one That's will bump him. Nobody will bump him. Marshall's so disappointed in him. He's like, you're better than that. So everyone's had it with Barney. Even Stella won't do it because Ted, Ted looks at her and he's just like, don't. Gives, like, her, gives her a quick little head shake. I love it. I love it. But at least Barney, she knew to check. Yes, yes, yes. But Barney refuses to lower his fist. So he has, he's so good at setting a challenge for himself. So now his entire mission in the next 20 minutes is to get a fucking fist bump. You um, know, that's not a bad way to make this awful night interesting, though, at least. You know, he made right. a little game with himself. <laughs> he, has to, he has to stimulate himself somehow. But yeah. I'll, shh. I love when Barney says, it will not yield. yield. Yeah, I wrote it in, like, <laughs> progressive, like, text, like, normal capitalization, then capitalize, and then mm-hmm. not was capitalized, bold, italicized, and then yield was all lowercase. Yield, yep. It will and not yield. So Stella suggests that they sit down <clears throat> to play some Scrabble. And she starts talking about how the one of the tiles went all the way through her dog. And then she says, oh, maybe <laughs> Caitlin's doing the face. Maybe when you move in, we can get a I dog. Go. And she does a face, apparently, which I missed. <laughs> and so you just see everybody else besides Stella, who's just like happily making Goo-goo a buck tooth face, apparently. Yeah. You see everybody else kind of freeze. That happened in real life to me once. What do you mean? Um, we were on vacation with friends, and there was this this couple, 
And they had been date. They had been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. And she said, friends for 14 years and then in love in a split second. And they were dating just a few months. And this particular group of friends we always went on vacation with together. And so we would, I would meet the new girlfriend every year. And it was just humorous to me. And yeah. she said, won't it be funny next year when we're like, oh, look, it's so-and-so and their kids. And she starts laughing at everyone what. Like, horrified, oh like, God. jaw dropped, like, we still talk about it. And she was so oblivious, and she was like, isn't that going to be awesome next summer? And we're like, I don't know, in my head, I'm like, bitch, you're not Are they still be- together? No, she was gone <laughs> by the fall. Oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah. Stella's totally oblivious, goes to get the door, because Robin's here. And it's just interesting, because Ted is so, like, shook. He's like, I thought we talked about this months ago. So when they mm-hmm. hear, like, they're the very beginning of their relationship. <clears throat> right, right. You know? Months ago. And, um, you know, it's it hits Ted that, oh, my God, I'm going to be moving to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. How does he not see these red flags? Like, I don't know. It's and fascinating yeah. to me because the Ted, I feel like we know, well, he's just a romantic at heart, I guess. He's just blindsided to all this. Well, yes, and and we, in a couple in a couple scenes, we'll talk about what the huge problem is here. But right now, it's just again that they're just rushing headlong yeah. into something that they shouldn't be. But can't tell them anything. No. Um. So yeah. So Ted looks around the built the basement, realizing like he can't live here, and mm-hmm. is really confused because they had <clears throat> discussed this months ago. And yep. we get a flashback to Stella making some stupid faces at Ted while drinking some wine. <laughs> and they have the discussion about, or discussion, I say that with air quotes. Right. About, you know, after the wedding, Lucy and Stella can move in with him. And Stella starts to be very sarcastic about right. how, oh yeah, she can, you know, play on the fire escape and making all these jokes and Ted's just like, uh-huh, yeah, like thinking she's being earnest and truthful. Um, Because clearly he's a little, a little bit buzzed at the very least. Right, yeah, that must be, that must be it. Yeah, Yeah. and, and she was like, yeah, sure. And like, that was just it? Like, that was okay on Stella's part? Like, that settled it? Right. And being, um... A former single, boring. The being a former single mom. Mm-hmm. Chris and I talked about like our plan to move in together for two years. Oh wow! Like the logistics yeah, of the it logistics and everything, like how it was going to work, where we were going to live, what right, it would that look makes like, sense. because it's <clears throat> it's not something you want to rush into. And I'm, you know, people do, and that's fine. That's what works for them. I was in grad school at the time so there was like a lot of moving parts but um yeah it's just interesting to me that Stella seems like she's got this like good head on her shoulder she's really smart and just this was that was it or maybe it was just so like clear to her yes because as 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 will be revealed it's pretty obvious that he would be the one who is more mobile and should be moving in so I think she just thought he brought it up and wasn't really serious about it. It's it's total miscommunication. It's total miscommunication. Absolutely. 
And Robin eventually makes her way downstairs, but having already been warned by Stella, does not give Barney the fist bump that he is after. <laughs> and Robin has this kind of, like, look on her face. That kind of just, like, what just happened? Like, so mm -hmm. shocked. Yep. And Marshall asks how the first day went, and turns out it wasn't her first day. And so while Robin was celebrating and dancing at McLaren's in the bathroom, what she didn't hear her agent say was very clearly that it was just an audition. I want to be very clear. This is an audition. <laughs> That's it. And so right. Robin's totally shaken up because she can't compete. The other women she's up against um, have more experience. They're more ethnic. There's an African-American woman with blue eyes. I mean, can't. no. So she has no other choice can't. than to, you can't compete. No. She has no other choice than to call Joel and beg for her job back, which is mm -hmm. really sad because she's better than that. And we all know that. And Barney yeah. gets real with her in uh, this way that we never really see him do. I love, I yeah. love when he gets serious. Mm -hmm. And he says that um, that she has to do it um, because she'll hate herself if if she doesn't. That he has slept with a lot of women who have told him off, mm -hmm. but sometimes they call him back and they'll hook up. And afterwards, he sees this look on their face and they hate themselves. And he right. wishes that you know they never called. And Robin pushes him off and says, like, "Don't worry, don't don't worry about it. Like I'm not gonna call." Um, right. Probably because she realizes that, like, she's not going to win this battle right now or just get the attention off of her, whatever, and she can sneak away. Um, Stella comes back, and I don't even know where she's been, but she has guests in her house, and she's not really around that often, which is, again, interesting, too. Right. Um, well, I mean, she has a child, so I guess she's up, like, putting Lucy to bed, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Bitch still needs a story, whatever. But she rushes in and yelling not to drink the beer because she just remembered when she got it. And she asks Ted, all like lovey-dovey, like, go to Priceco and picks him up and should probably sign up for a card because you're going to be there all the time. Mm. And Ted is horrified. Barney spots the look and he's like, that's it. That's the look. The look of regret, right? Mm -hmm. Oof. All right, a couple things about this scene. Firstly... When Robin comes down the stairs, if you don't notice, she is wearing a butterfly necklace. <gasps> what? Which which we see a lot in this show. It's like this. It's like this um, flat sort of gold plated butterfly, mm -hmm. like a very delicate but kind of big thing. Um, which I'm assuming she was wearing because she thought that she was this this butterfly bursting out That's when she right. went to this audition, right? Mm -hmm. So she was oh, poor Robin. Oh my God, that hurts. <clears throat> Right, really leaning into the metaphor that Ted, that Ted gave her. The other thing, which I'm surprised you didn't mention, was uh, Lily's little. Oh, I have it. But speech. she's Robin Strabatsky, tall, confident, with crazy long legs that look great in shorts. Well, I think that that calls for a shout out to <gasps> bisexual Lily. Yay! That's right. For sure, because who's like, damn, bitch, your legs look good in shorts. Maybe a friend, but maybe something more. Both. Two episodes in a row, bisexual Lily. Yes. I'm living for it. I'm living for it. Yes. Um, let me see if I have anything else here. Oh, just I, I agree that Barney 
is now set up as the voice, the voice of reason. And this is building on last episode when he was the first person who knew about this job. Mm-hmm. And he, so he's, he's, he's in there and he's really in her corner and just building on that, which is great. And also it's building the Barney and Lily relationship because Barney and Lily are sort of in cahoots about wooing Robin. Right. So this is a nice little, little triangle happening. And then there's Ted and Stella. They've got their thing. And we're about to find out what Marshall's thing is. Uh, because it's time to go to Price Co., a.k.a. Costco. What we would call Costco. Yes. Um, Costco, which is sweeping our hometown right now. Yes. People are fucking obsessed. Yes. It just came in. My sister and mom have fucking memberships. We do, too. They're going bananas for it. So we're not people <clears throat> who buy in bulk. Right. Um, like, we make... We rarely ever have leftovers for dinner. Like, we make what we eat. Yeah, right. Unless we know we want leftovers. And so, like, yeah. uh, like the idea of it is odd to us, kind of. But mm-hmm. uh, my sister-in-law is obsessed to the point where we got them, like, a gift card to renew their membership for Christmas. And Oh, wow. She is very conscious about how often she brings it up because everything is, I got this at Costco or the other day at Costco (laughs) or we were at Costco. And I'll go, where were you? Huh? What was that? (laughs) So we went with them for the first time to Costco when it first opened by us. Mm -hmm. And they got us a gift uh, membership for Christmas. Of course. Of course. And so we go and there's definitely things I like, but when we go... Like, we go every week for the giant bag of broccoli crowns because they're already pre-washed and pre-cut. They are so Ooh, fresh. Nice. They're so good. And we, I eat broccoli every fucking day. We roast it yeah, for yeah. Our, our, our meal prepping. And so it cuts out so much work for me. Yeah, yeah. But everyone leaves Absolutely. with, like, carts and carts and carts full of shit. And I, we just have, like, the big bag of broccoli. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. My mom used to love BJ's, mm. which is which was the big one my when sis- we were growing my up. My mom did too. Yeah. And she she liked buying electronics there. I think that there's like a real good deal. Yes, they have like a re- on electronics. Typically and like the warranty is pretty good. Like Costco, mm. I guess their warranty just got revised for mm. electronics, but before that it was you could return anything. So uh speaking of big bags of things, Ted is walking around with big bag of lemons. I don't know what he's putting lemons in because they they bring it downstairs when they get back to sell it's like why not limes at least right for like coronas if that's what they were doing um coronavirus let's not talk about that so um he's got that but marshall is doing costco right because he's got a fucking samples plate friends so the best thing about any sort of bulk store is the fucking sample day marshall is clearly enchanted um he's really excited about costco and that is sort of making new jersey more livable for him so he started out the episode being one of the people that was he was the the first one that door shut and he yeah yeah right 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 this is pathetic right Mm -hmm. but now he sees that ted will have a lawn Ted will have grass. And, like, he's from Minnesota, so... It's huge. He's like, you would have a lawn and you could get a riding lawnmower. And I, all I could think about was Liz, who has a riding lawnmower. Bless. Bless. Um, And everything has cup holders. Yeah. Which is so true. And and you see stuff, you're like, ooh, that's so convenient. It's true. You'll never have to hold a cup again. Um, so, yes, he's he's sort of... 
feeling at home here. Everything's giant. Like if you go back to a uh, belly full of Turkey, when you're in Marshall's house, right? <laughs> everything is huge. Like the tubs of mayonnaise, the, the pots, That's like right. he's, he's used to a big life. So he's, uh, he's been crammed in too long and he kind of forgot. I think he forgot what it feels like to have space. <sighs> the poor little guy. He's like a hermit shell in a too I small know. hermit crab in a too small shell. Um, Back at the house, you know, Barney's still trying to beg his way into a fist bump. Um, And then Marshall's like, it's just across the river. You'll be in New York all the time. And I feel like this is, this must be a classic thing that happens to people whose friends move to New Jersey, right? This felt so specific. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they find this couple and Ted just knows. A random inter- hey, you're from New York, right? You're from New York, right? Because they look kind of young and hip, right? Like yeah. she's got a cool haircut. And um, they're like, yeah, oh, we're in the city all the time. We just had we just had dinner at O'Rourke's. And Ted says, yeah, that closed six years ago. So it's like New Jersey is across the river, but it's also in some it's like another Rip Van Winkle time vortex where it's like she's been dead for 10 years, right? Like it's. <laughs> It's like on a different planet. Yeah. But they don't seem to care. They're in, I said, like, they look at each other with s- suburban bliss and laugh. Yeah. New Jersians. New Jersians. You know? Yeah. They even coined a new term, New Jersey. New Jersians. Well, not probably new, but. And I feel a little bit like that about Worcester, although I'm still getting used to it. So I used to live in Worcester, mm-hmm. and now I live out in the boonies. Um, and. Worcester is the second biggest city in New England, which you wouldn't know. What? Thank you. No. Thank you. Yes. Boston, then Worcester. No. So, yes, bitch, yes. But it's just more of a, it's more of a neighborhood city. Yeah. Like, it's very sprawling. Um, but we used to be able to go out, like, go to work, go out, come home, or, you know, go to a bar and Uber back. It takes, like, a 50 to $60 Uber to get home from Worcester now. Are you now. serious? I know this because we got drunk at a Santa crawl and we had to Uber home, but it just doesn't happen anymore. Like we see people less, Mm -hmm. we, or we see people in Worcester less. We go out in Worcester less because we have a dog here and the chickens and all that. So this is where we live now. You know, this is our home and and we're still, we're still getting used to it, but also it's just a different rhythm. And I think we're. I think we're settling into it. So I I understand how it feels, and it is true. You, you just get a new life. That's just how it is. Chris moved. So we were dating <clears throat> like a year and a half almost, mm-hmm. and he moved across over the bridge, and we none of our friends came to see him. Dude, nobody leaves the city. Nobody leaves. It's rude. Mm-hmm. That's why we started hosting brunches here, because nobody comes to see us. So... Ted's a moron, and he says he's going to give Stella an ultimatum. That she has to move to New York. And he's just so desperate. She has to move to New York. Right. Oh, God. Like, you're so dumb. Right. But the real real ultimatum is Beagle Beagle or or Boston Terrier. I'd go 100%. And I'm... Which one would you do? 100% Chihuahua. Yeah, Chihuahua. Chichi do all day. all day. You know there was a Chi-Chi Yeah, there. of course. Just go yeah. back past the Cocker Spaniel. Come on. Yeah, right? Come on. Come on. I know. There was. There had to be one in there. Um, it's one of the more popular ones, of course. 
little cheat. Oh, widow quam. Um, but we will get a we will get an answer to that thrilling that thrilling conclusion later on in the episode. I love it so much. I remember the first time like spotting that and just like Yeah. Like, huh. There's something else that I didn't notice at the bar at the end, which will be very it'll be sad it'll be sad but sort of telling that I didn't notice it before. But continue. Next scene. Back at Stella's, Barney and Lily realize that Robin's nowhere to be found, so they run back up just as she's on the phone with Joel. And he, uh, Joel, finds out that Madame Butterfly wants to come back to the cocoon and tells her that if she can be there by 11 o'clock, it's 10.30 right now, she can read the news and have her job back. Mm -hmm. And Barney's advice here is so good um, that I know it's scary to bet on yourself, but if you know, if you don't do it, nobody else will. Yeah. And it is scary to bet on yourself, and it is scary to have to to do that. But Robin is betting on herself, and she bets that she can make it there by 11. Um, but before she realizes that she is limited by the mobility of her own two mm-hmm. legs, mm-hmm. she grabs Lucy's bike, and now we have a countdown. Yeah, ticking clock, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. It's like 24 style, right? Yeah. So the boys come back with the beer, and Marshall has a huge jar of olives. of olives. So that takes us all the way back to the pilot and the olive theory. Very cool. When he first came down, I thought it was pickles. Mm-hmm. And it could have been, and that still would have been funny, mm-hmm. right? Like big jar, yep. big dude. But of course, ugh, props. Olive yeah. theory. Classic. So good. Um, and I, I put mayo in big letters here because it's like an it's like a big jar of mayo. So it's like, it's like home. Marsh Marshall sized, yeah. right? Mrs. Erickson sized. So um he tells Stella that he didn't get no, she a goes, membership. Did you sign for a membership? Oh, you're fine. <laughs> the fucking face. I gotta watch it again and watch her for whatever that is I that you're doing. I will send it to you. Okay, but cool. But also, right. Stella, add it to your household, bitch. Why are you going to pay twice? <laughs> Come on. I have a feeling that when they wrote this episode, maybe they didn't know the, the oh. family membership situation. All right. Do you know what I mean? All they right. probably weren't Costco members. All right. Um, so, yeah. So he didn't get a membership, and he has all these excuses, but he finally says, I don't want to move here. And, and I can't do it. Not I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't. Not only does he not want to, but he can't. Cannot do it. And this is where we need to pause to talk about the Hey Beautiful Triangle of Love. Okay. And this is not about a love triangle. This is about the three-sided triangle of things that you need to have a fucking successful relationship. Chemistry, mm-hmm. timing, and fucking compatibility. Compatibility is what is failing on all fours here. I because think even timing, honestly. Yeah, because maybe if they had met before Stella was a mom. Or when Ted was a little bit older. Or when Ted was a little bit older, but really it's the you don't want to live in the same city or town. That's compatibility. Ted can't see any reason why. He said, I can't see any reason why you and Lucy should have moved to New York. Really, Ted? Really, Ted? You can't well, then she of, gives, she gives, she gives him, I love it. They're so good. 
My daughter goes to school here. All her friends are here. I grew up here. My whole family lives here. My whole family's here. This is my house. I'm on the PTO. And as of June 1st, I'm the deputy mayor. This is my house. I love that. This is my house. I had to write them all. That, I think she was great there. Yes. This this here is great. Like, how are you that fucking stupid? Yeah. That's what I like. like Stella, I feel like when she's her own person and not like, mm -hmm. "Eh, lovey. Yeah. Oh, I. You know what? I can see now the face that she makes that you ate. She looks like a fucking chipmunk coming from yeah. one buck tooth bitch to another. All right. Like, come on. <laughs> one buck tooth bitch to another. Fucking. I a. can see because I have big teeth. Yes. But- yes. Yeah. But like. At the root of all this is Stella has a child and you don't want to be a parent. That is a compatibility issue, sir. Like, I remember dating somebody who refused to get serious with me and I kept trying to make it happen. But she was never going to leave our favorite island, Long Island. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, that was just at that point in her life. She was never going. She wasn't. She didn't want to. They because, love Long Island. That's why. Yeah. I mean, she has since moved. Oh, God. Very happy for her. She finally got where she wanted to go. But also, when she was planning to go places, it was Brooklyn or Tennessee or Colorado. It was never where I was. Mm. And I was like, that's okay. I'll just force her to come to me. Yeah. Right? It well. was, you know, it was just like, Kate, you you shouldn't have to beg somebody and and – you know, try and debate them into moving to your state. Mm-hmm. Your compatibility is broke, bitch. Yes. It's fucking broke. And it's okay. It's okay. Not everybody has all three. It's very hard. It's very hard to find all three. So they've got two sides of a triangle right now at most. At best. And mm-hmm. it's just not going well. So Stella goes off on New York as a whole. I also like, though... She does something that I am very guilty of. She pulls the mm. mama card and it's, he doesn't get a say. It doesn't matter. Like, end of discussion. It's not a discussion. The mama card. But she is a mama and there is no discussion because there's a child involved. Right. Exactly. You're not two fucking 23-year-olds moving in, like, deciding which apartment right. to live in. Yeah. There I, is no discussion. I, I don't Like, I don't understand how Ted could even think it is up for debate because it's not... And think about back to the to season one when he was so ready to be a husband, right? And I think I'm going to be a great dad. But, like, he doesn't want that. Mm-mm. He doesn't really want that or he doesn't really want it with Stella. Right. So, compatibility. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, so Stella goes off. Yeah, she, she goes off on New York. She hasn't said anything, right? She's been sort of letting everybody shit on New Jersey, letting everybody jerk off New York. And then finally fucking snaps she's like oh you want to talk about new york you want to fucking talk about new york i got screamed at and a cat thrown in my face i love it she's like an old lady called me a bitch and threw a cat in my face yeah that's right she's so So, good she was she's perfect here i love when she says oh yeah where pigeon poop tastes like tapioca (laughs) she's so good she she's very in that moment she was very elliot from scrubs which i love um but it it comes down to Ted sort of thinking about New York as this theoretically amazing cultural melting pot, right? And then Stella seeing the reality of it and also the reality of New Jersey, which is that it's just better for families and she's a fucking family, Mm -hmm. you know? I love 
Ted how he can't even like bring himself to get out full words like the Empire State ancient age and he says papaya king so mm-hmm. papaya king's hot dogs are made in New Jersey oh my god I factory. love it I fucking love it yeah just in front of your precious papaya king mm-hmm. fucking a and I did, like, I was reading and doing some research because I was like, wait, 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 wait. I thought it was Gray's Papaya, not Papaya King. There's two. Yes. Here it kind of it kind of flips back and forth a little bit. Mm-hmm. We have Robin trying to get to the city, and she almost she runs over Matisse. On. I know. Don't run over Matisse. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, but then Lily jumps into this pro-New York side, right? So now we have Stella all by herself. Yeah. We think everybody in the room is against her, but if you're watching Marshall, he's having a real hard time. He's like <laughs> gripping his olives and he's like, just stay quiet, Marshall. You've Don't done say this. it. Don't. You've done this for 10 years. You can still stay quiet while everyone fucking loves New York and you fucking hate it deep down. Um, she's talking about how there's, we have Broadway and Greenwich um, Village. Greenwich Village. And the whole time Barney's trying to get his buffs. <laughs> so good. I love it. Knuckle up for safety. And um, it goes back and forth. So it's Atlantic City, The Village, Jersey Shore, Woody Allen. Oof, not, did that did not. Point well. New Jersey. Yeah, I was going to say on this list, <clears throat> list, it's New Jersey. Point Jersey. Although maybe AC and Woody Allen cancel out. Yeah. You know? And The Shore. The Shore, yeah. But I mean, there are nice beaches. True. Just not like the boardwalk. I'm thinking walk, of right? like the Jersey Shore. The Jersey Shore, right. Um, and then we've got the Springsteen versus Sinatra. And the Springsteen is important because that comes back later. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we flash back to Robin. She's got four minutes to go. And this is like a flashback <laughs> to OK Awesome. Where we hear this thing that happened that absolutely didn't happen. But this is how Aunt Robin tells the story. And this I is how I'm going to tell like, it to my kids. You've got this. Right. She's like, I, I can do this. Little, like, her little self-talk, her nod. And not only does she jump over the cars, she does a full backflip <laughs> on Lucy's bike. It's so good. It's Just so incredible. Good. Just incredible. Finally, Marshall's had enough. Lily tips the scales because she tries to bring him into it. She should have just... She should have just sat there and ate her food, as, as New York would say. Um, so she's like, come on, Marshall loves it. You'll love it, Stella. Don't be scared. Marshall moved there and now he loves it. And he fucking flips out. I hate New York. I hate New York. He because, like we've said, now that he's seen the 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 price co. It's huge. He's seen he's seen a place where he fits. And he talks about how he thinks he's he feels like a huge monster that's come out of the ocean to destroy bodegas, which I like love. Godzilla. Because if you've been in bodegas, them aisles are narrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, "Yeah, I'm just too big for New York." And I just love a Marshall rant. It's it's just so good. And love, people are bigger now. Build bigger doorways. doorways. Your little elf doors. Yeah. All my bruises. So fucking funny. And Mar- and I love Barney's small city big man gave it yeah. up because he's like dying. And he's his arm. He's trying it's so, so hard. loud. Yeah, it's city and never sleeps. But guess what? I like to sleep. I've been I'm tired, tired for, for eight ten, years. Eight years. Tired and scared of black and blue marks. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And of course it ends with if you lived in New Jersey, you wouldn't have to hold a cup. Not for the rest of your life. Not for the rest of your life. I love that. God. It's just such a it was such a great moment. It was great for the scene, and it's also just so true to his character, right? Like, they could have just had everybody against Stella the whole episode, but how fucking boring would that have been? Boring. It would have been so boring, and also it wouldn't ring true, because Marshall is from the land of fucking surplus mm-hmm. shopping, right? And finally, like, we've learned that he's been, like, dying <laughs> for eight years just in, in this city. It felt so good to let it out. Right? Because, like, the way that... The way that Lily feels when she goes home to St. Cloud, where everyone's just mayonnaise-guzzling giants, right? He feels like it's just all fucking Lilliputians, right? And he's just bashing around New York City, and Lily's just so comfortable weaving in and out, so. Poor guy. Poor guy is right. Um, So Lily's pissed. (laughs) And it's like he blacked out and came, too, because then he's just like, I'm just kidding. He (laughs) notices. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, man. Um, and Ted's an idiot, and he, he concedes that they could live in Brooklyn. He's so... Fuck you, Ted. It's all just so thin. Like, mm-hmm. why would he ever think that they would move to New York? He's just so delusional. He's still, he really is. He's so delusional. I mean, he grows so much as a character. He is so fucking delusional here. I, I felt... It made me feel like... Sex. I'm like, you're better than this, Ted. Right. You know? But he's going through it. Yeah. He's really and fucking going through it. And we know that that's, I mean, this is the season he fucking goes through it. So it's already happening. He just doesn't know that this is part of the decline. It, yep. Right? He feels, he feels like he's he's in a great place and things are moving along and he's about to get married and settle down and do all those things. But, dude, you're in the oh, fucking backslide. Boy. You're in the backslide. Happens a lot. You don't know you're in it until you hit bottom. So Stella runs out and there's this awkward silence. Barney tries to get a a tap for that, but no, he does not. And so (laughs) Ted runs after Stella and finds out that they woke up Lucy, who is played by Darcy Rose Burns. Not Rose Burns. Not Rose Burns. Yes. I, was like, I just thought that was funny. But she heard some loud noises that woke her up, and like every 10-year-old, she still needs a story to go back to bed. So she asks Ted, and we see Ted start to shift into, like, dad mode. Because she's like, he's like, well, I'll, I'll just go get your mom. Right. Like, no, why can't you read the book? Like, I want you to do it. And for him, that was, um, I think, like a big step. Because he was like, oh, she wants me to do it. She wants me to be a part of this. Right. Um, and up till now, they've kind of just been like, what's up, bud- what's up G? Yeah. What's up, G? Like, they've just been like buddies. But now this is like, you're going to you're gonna be taking care of me. Right. When I wake up, there's going to be a lot of nights where you're you're the one who's going to help me get back to sleep. Right. And and it's like we've completely forgotten that this isn't this isn't Stella's home. This is Lucy's home. Right. Mm-hmm. Like everything that's happening in this house is to raise her and make her feel safe right and it's like oh my god and luckily this snaps ted out of it where he's like oh my god of course of course i'm gonna move in here there's a fucking child yeah oh god and we have the springsteen swelling up you know Yep. Jersey so, very very jersey right uh-huh and um we see 
Stella in between like Ted reading a book to Lucy and we see her like sitting on the steps sad with like a little rag doll that her grown ass daughter still has. <laughs> right. Like, seriously, she had like all of her, she had like at least her 12 year molars. I think her wisdom teeth were out too. Right. And what was that? The book was looked very elementary, right? Like, come on. I, like, come on. That was really weird. No, that's just not happening. But, um, yeah. So, suddenly, Ted rushes up behind Stella and hugs her, wraps his arms around her, and says that I'm moving <clears> here and <throat> New Jersey wins. Cute. So sweet. I asked Chris because, you know, we met when Jack was three. Yeah. And I asked him if there was... It's because it's like a moment where you see it, a turning point for Ted. You get to see him start to shift and start to change into that parent figure. And I asked Chris if he ever experienced that with Jack. And he said that um, there was never one moment. It's just every moment. Like any time he gets to be with Jack... Um, like, you know, he's like, you know, that first time I took him to hockey practice, I, what I think it might be is, so we were dating for nine months and my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and I mm. just started grad school and Jack just started preschool and my mom was supposed to pick him up and take him and my mom couldn't cause she was getting chemotherapy. My dad couldn't cause he was taking her or at work right, and right. Um, Chris was working from home, and so my 27-year-old bachelor boyfriend brought Jack to and from preschool every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, and they had a special Mm. route. They would drive down by the water, and they would look to see if there were any white caps in the sound. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. So sweet. They had, like, a whole little thing. So I think that was, like... The real bonding experience. yeah. Yeah. And that was, and he did say, like, any of those times where we were able to do things, just the two of us. Yeah. The first time we went out to dinner. And now they have, like, I see um, those, the sh- I still am seeing those shifts in their relationships, too. And I see them getting much, much closer. And I see that bond getting much deeper. It's really, okay. really cool to see. So Robin makes it to Metro News 1. <laughs> She's just in time to shove the college kid out of the way, which I Can love. Can I just say she looked like so sexy, like out of breath, hair tasseled. Oh yeah, a little flushed. Oh, yeah. I was like, holy shit. She looked good. Like she's she looking into the camera. Yeah. I had it pause and I was like, oh, good lord. Because she's like triumphant too. Yeah. Robin yeah. loves oh, to so win. Oh, so confident. Ugh. Loves to win. Ugh. Um, <laughs> so she shoves him out of the way and they're all watching. Yeah. They've got the news on to see if she makes it, of course. And Barney's got his hand tied up. <laughs> so I guess I know. that's his loophole. Now, I mean, I imagine Neil Patrick Harris's arm really did hurt. Yeah. Because you have to hold your shit. I mean, it probably wasn't constant the way it was, but take after take, I mean, sometimes you have to pause between takes and freeze and, like, keep it exactly where it's supposed to be, like, yeah. so they can get the shot from another angle. So... I mean, I'm sure his arm really did hurt. So I love that. Maybe he allowed Lily to help him tie his arm up. Like, at least let me do this for you. Yeah. Right? I, it looked, what was it? It looked like a tie from like a robe. Yeah, right? That's what I said it was. Did it have like a belt latch on it? I can't remember. It was some sort of, yeah, like almost thick terry cloth it looked yeah. like, right? <laughs> yeah, something that's weird. It, thick terry cloth. Yeah, yeah. something weird. Um <clears throat> 
So the first story up on the news at 11 is about a new panda bear or a panda bear getting a new tooth, like teeth coming in, right? And of course, there's Joel's fucking line that it's a molar bear. And it's like, she realizes, like, this was the confirmation she needed, that she mm-hmm. cannot do this any longer. She's just like, nope, can't do it. And I have had this experience where I, in college, worked at Dunkin' Donuts. It was fine. Made really good tips at that point in, in Dunkin' Donuts history that you were actually allowed to take tips. Um I worked in a place with a lot of foot traffic, so people came in all the time, had a great shift, made a lot of friends, blah, 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 right? When I got out of college, I needed money. I needed a job because graduated during the recession. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I went and thought I could just work at Dunkin' Donuts again. I was like, I could do this. Did it before. No big deal. Did it before. No big deal, right? Not a big deal. Not a step backwards for me, right? got my college degree like it's fine (laughs) i went in first day halfway through my shift and this was in a not so nice city Mm -hmm. up here in up here in new england um oh boy everybody on the staff was trash (laughs) and then (gasps) one of the customers came in as i'm halfway through my shift and says Hey, can you give me a ride? Is that your car out there? Can you give me a ride somewhere? I was like, no, that's not my car. I didn't even clock out. Oh, my God. As soon as that person left, I put down my shit and just walked out and never came back. Wow. Halfway through a shift, I didn't pick up my check for the hours I worked. I didn't give a fuck. I was like... I cannot do this. That's the only time that I've ever been like, wow. nope, can't do it. Can't fucking do it. Tried to tried to go back and do it again, and I couldn't. So, yeah. It was, felt great. I uh, wow. felt amazing. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, I don't care if these people hate me. Goodbye. Uh, what are you, like, what are you going to die? Yeah, nothing. Nothing yeah. happened. I'll tell you what, guys, nothing bad happened. Then I got a different job, so. It was fine. Yeah, but, so I get it. I know how that feels to be sitting there and being like, this is not for me, and to and to just fuck everybody over and leave, so. Um, I can see you, like, I'm not giving you a ride. Yeah. No, I'm not giving you a ride. Yeah, I don't bear. fucking work here. So, <laughs> yeah, so, um. They, she gets up and leaves. We, we flash back to, or we cut back to New Jersey where Barney is, you know, wondering if they had something to do with it. If the two of them really, you know, pumping Robin up was, yeah. was helpful. And Billy says, yeah, I think we did. And finally he gets the fist bump. But it isn't long. <laughs> it isn't even oh 30 seconds before... He gets stuck with his hand with the up top. And what was the joke? Oh, it was for locking the bathroom door yeah, when he was like 13. 13 <sighs> fucking, fucking Barney. So how much time do you think passes? I'm wondering because Barney still has his hand up. His hand is still up. Everyone looks very different. 
I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Well, Marshall's wearing his new shirt. Yep. So it could be the next day, right? Yeah. They could be coasting on this energy because Stella's at the bar. And that's what I didn't notice when I've, I've never noticed that she was there before. Oh, really? I don't think I have. Cause I was like, fuck, Stella's there. Well, this you is know, the first well, time she's been in the bar. I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's true. She hasn't been at McLaren's. We've seen a flashback of her there, but we've never seen her active in a scene. And even in yeah. this scene, she didn't say anything. They didn't they didn't pan to her. She was just sitting there. It, it was probably just someone in a wig, honestly. Dude, I was just thinking that. I'm going to go back and check. Because stand-ins are real. <laughs> they are real. They are real, and we're going to have a stand-in Woo-hoo! on this show this season. So maybe she was in that wig. We're going to find out. Who can say? <coughs> Who can say? Um. So, yeah, so we find out Boston Terrier or Beagle, and thank God he went Boston Terrier. No shit. Hey, no Beagle. shit. There's just, a, no offense to the Beagle owners out there, but you know what Beagles are like. You know what you've gotten yourself into. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Robin comes in to sit down, and I love her sleeveless sweater vest. She wears this two, well, she wears a sleeveless sweater vest two episodes in a row. Mm-hmm. Coming up, she wears one, and she's worn one before. She, I just love it. The one where everybody was wearing green. I think it was the, the episode oh, yeah, was gonna, with Stella, I right? I green in my head. Mm-hmm. When Stella hadn't had sex in five years, that episode, mm-hmm. there was a whole green color story, and yeah, she was in that. that's right. She's like, she's hot, I'm hotter than her, so who cares, right? I see her that's in right. that fucking vest. Yeah. Yeah. So hot. So hot. Um, and so Robin comes in and she looks kind of like a little shocked again. Yeah. Um, and so she comes and sits down and is like, so I officially didn't get that job. And everyone, you know, offers their condolences. She's like, yeah, I know. It's okay. They offered me another one. Foreign correspondent. And then we find out that means that she's moving to Japan. And just like that, Barney puts his fucking hand down and my heart oh, broke. I know. Like, could there be a better, could there have been a better way to show that? I don't think so. Like, what a payoff for the stupid joke of him not putting his hand down. I know. You know? Oh, oh, God. Because nothing else matters. He, it, like, think about how much pain he must have been in for days holding that fucking arm up. And then, nope, nothing matters. Like, boom. It's over. It's over. So, like you said, this episode was a real plot pusher. Yes, I'm so proud of myself. Good job, Caitlin. I did it. We have two huge moves coming up. And they almost feel equal because Ted has made such a big deal about moving across the river. Mm-hmm. So, we have Robin's huge move to Japan. And Ted's going to be living in New Jersey. How is that going to affect everything? Both like different worlds. But they have to get married first. So um, what did you think of this episode besides it being a plot pusher? It was okay. It wasn't like, I thought I liked it more. Yeah. I think it was just having to rewatch it so closely and Stella making me crazy. The fucking faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it, it was it was fine. N- not a favorite, but solid. I, th- I loved Marshall's coming out as a 
as a New York hater. A New Jersian, an inner New Jersian. I think that was great. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of sets up things for the future a little bit, too, with with him and Lily. So, um, yeah. Solid. Yeah, solid episode. Moving things along. We got Mm -hmm. a really good one up next time with Intervention. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a fucking classic. And I learned that things that aren't necessarily a joke, but that like are recurring themes in a show Mm -hmm. or recurring bits, they just call them runners in the biz instead of like a running gag. Runners. So we've got a big old runner coming up. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. Right? I love slang. I love like the niche language that goes with. For the business of show, you know. So what's your what's your legendary moment? My legendary moment is not for the rest of your life. Oh. That specific line when Marshall says that about you don't have to carry a cup. Not for the rest of your life. Like just the You know, like when the way words are put together in a certain phrase. Oh yeah. I just love that. Like just, subtext, yeah. Yeah, thank you. And it's like he's he's trying to make a case for like moving to New Jersey, like yeah. moving civilization to New Jersey, right? It's yeah. like this magical land where you never have to hold a cup again. I just love, like, just... Such a delivery. Yeah. Great, great direction on the part of Pam Fryman, I'm sure. I always am like, what? I know Pam Fryman is, like, instrumental, but I don't fully understand what a director does besides, like, action, cut, you know? But they they do all this motivation stuff, right? Yeah, well, and all also... The acting. So next episode. We have a guest Did, director? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. We'll have to see if we notice any differences. I know. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, my legendary moment is Matisse. Yeah. I fucking love Matisse. Matisse is great. Hey, Ted. Hey, Matisse. <laughs> They're just so cute. It. Don't run over Don't Matisse. Run Matisse. I love it. He's just like, this is my train. And you're crazy and get off my train. All right. Ready for our legendary moments from our fans? Yeah. All right. Don't forget, guys. Patrons get theirs read in entirety. So for just two bucks a month, we will read all the shit you have to say. Otherwise, we crop it for time. Mm -hmm. Edit it. Our first one comes from Johnny, who is one of our patrons. Johnny writes, hello, K&K. I'm homesick, so I'll be watching a few episodes and cranking out some Ledgemos. Oh, hope you're feeling okay, Johnny, at this point. And we did receive all of your Ledgemos, so thank you very much, Johnny. And now we know that this is his Star Wars, right? He's watching it in sickness and in health. (laughs) All right, so I Heart New Jersey. Not my favorite episode, actually kind of dull. My ledge mode for this episode is when they are back at McLaren's and Marshall is wearing the dog shirt they saw at the big box store in New Jersey. Keep up the awesome job. Johnny B. Good one, Johnny. We also are team fr- team Boston if we have to choose. Yes. But really, we're both team Chi-Chi. Yeah. All right. Next up is from Claire. And Claire's legendary moment is Ted's line, yeah, but what city is Sinatra singing about? It's not Secaucus, Secaucus. Which, I love the way he's like, I feel like you can see his veins in his neck. I know. He's angry. That was a very that was a very good line. That was almost my legendary moment. I love that moment. Our next one comes from Jeff, and Jeff's legendary moment is Ted's line about having to drop a massive New Jersey. 
no way other like what better way can you describe your hatred for a state other than <laughs> you know what's funny he's yeah. not the only one that compares a, a city or state to taking a dump in this show oh yeah in season nine robin says i've got a boston bruin you know because she's a big hockey fan that's true. And of course the Canucks hate the Bruins, so. But I just remembered that. So, and that's one of my one of my favorite lines from uh season 9, so. All right. Uh up next is Rick, who's one of our patrons. Oh, and we have a New Jersey. Uh he says, "Hi ladies, as a proud native son of the Garden State, I have to rise in a righteous defense. And I think Rick is the lawyer that listens to us. So this is going to be I great. I love this. I have to rise in a righteous defense of my home state alongside Stella and, and Marshall. Kate interjects. Making her slam down with Ted on New York City versus New Jersey. My legendary moment. No spoilers, but people go through life phases where their housing needs change the scope of acceptable places to live. And I've seen some of my friends go through the Marshall conversion this episode conversion this episode and have moved out of the city deep into the suburbs and most people's opinion of new jersey comes from a single mile of the turnpike yes which i'm sure is what i've been on it'd be like judging all of new york city based on a random street in the bronx that said ted is right new york city is the cultural capital of the world and i love when the show weaves new york specific themes into the show even if the layout of their quote-unquote sidewalk studio lot set is palpably not manhattan-esque yes so true you guys should do another New York City meetup at some point. Thanks, Rick. We are definitely planning on doing that. Definitely are. Yeah, stay tuned for when the weather's nicer. We're, we're definitely going to do that. And it'll be on a weekend so people can actually come. Yes, because we during the week. Yeah, we won't, be, we won't be going into the city on a Wednesday. Can you believe we did that? I, I We stayed over. We stayed over. Night. On a week, on a work night. In the city. On a school like, night. all of those don't make sense. I don't think Craig and Carter appreciated that about us because they didn't know us well enough yet. Right. The fact that all of those things happened, we both showed up, we both went through with it, stayed out till two in the morning on a school okay. night. Oh. On, on a, a school, school night, night, no less. I went less. to work. Yeah, me too. I went to work after. It was not a good idea. No, I was like, why am I here the whole time? I was like, I gotta go. I was in a baby shower, just like disgusting. <laughs> just a work baby shower, just like, I wanna go to sleep. Our next uh, legendary moment is from one of our, another one of our patrons, Bobby. And Bobby writes, Hey ladies, I'm so sad I missed legendary moments from your first two episodes back. But I was busy adding the newest member to the hashtag HB family. Yay! <gasps> Yay! Ooh, Kate, she sent born. us she sent us a picture. Did you see the picture? No. Okay, I'll hang on. I'll send it to you right now so you can see how adorable it is. There's the baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, the cheeks. Oh, widow cheeks. Anyway, yes, yeah, you were saying. So yeah, so Dax was born January 11th and is already the best late night him yum watching partner. Oh, good. My legendary moment for this episode is how much I can relate to Stella wanting people <clears throat> from the city to come hang out with her at her place outside the city. Yeah. My husband and I moved to the suburbs about six years ago and I can count on one hand how many times our friends that still live in the city have come to visit us at our house. I get it though. Everything closes by 9 p.m. It's very boring here. <laughs> we're both doing well. 
Oh, thanks, Bobby. We I, hope you guys are doing well. As yeah, congratulations. And I like a very boring life, to be honest. I think this is the second baby that's been born since we started this so that too. we know of. Johnny's baby Johnny, and Bobby. Yeah. So if anyone else has had babies lately, we want to see them. Not in a weird yeah. way. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the next one is Susan. And Susan's uh, legendary moment was Robin saying, Joel, people died. <laughs> After the shocking derails, which is so good. It's so good. Another patron, Tish, writes, Hey, ladies, when Robin quits her job at the end is my legendary moment. The way in which she gets stuck on the pun molar bear and realizes (laughs) that she really hates her job is perfect. Sometimes you hate something, but put up with it till a final straw breaks the camel back. And that was her straw, molar bear. Molar bear. Amen. Who would have thought your life would turn on the phrase molar bear, huh? Right? Only on him, yeah. So next up is Matthew, who's one of our patrons. And Matthew says, hi, K&K. My legendary moment for I Heart New Jersey has to be Marshall's I Hate New York speech. Um, Did I say I hate New Jersey? I heart New Jersey. Uh, The unexpected nature of the start of his rant amuses me. But then all the different things Marshall lists as problems he has with New York make me laugh. But what I find even funnier still is his vocal inflections as he says them. And the kicker about cup holders, a.k.a. Caitlin's legendary moment, is the cherry on the sundae. As always, thank you for all you do to bring us such a great podcast. Stay beautiful and awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Matthew. Thank you. We love doing it. But it is nice to hear. It is nice to hear from y'all. How about it? Yeah. Our last legendary moment is from another patron, Lisa. Lisa writes, hi, ladies. I hope the weather has been kind to you in New England because Chicago has not seen the sun for almost two weeks before Ugh. Super Bowl Sunday. Oof. I get real sad when that happens. I hate not seeing the sun. It's finally nice out today, and I couldn't be happier. My feelings on this particular episode are lukewarm. Mm. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. It's just there. Yeah. My legendary moment, however, is Marshall's rant about how he hates how small New York City is. It <laughs> cracks me up all the time. Have a great week. Good one. Very yeah, good. Yeah, so that was the the main moment. I mean, you can't you can't hate a Marshall rant. And I feel like I should keep track of these and we should rate, like rate them at the end of this this whole show. I agree. Because I can think as far back as to, like, the peanut butter rant, which is, I think, still my favorite, you know? It's like Hawaii and after. (laughs) I just love it so much. So so good. good. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's it, man. All right. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time for the excellent episode, Intervention. So make sure to send us your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to put in the subject line, Intervention, so that way we never miss it. Thank you. Um, I'm sure we're going to get a bunch of them. And I can't wait. Yeah. We're ready, guys. Yes. We're ready. So if you love this recap or another one that you listen to, be sure to leave us an iTunes review. It's how other people can find us easily and join our hashtag HB family. Mm-hmm. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss a recap. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All.